أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم Lesson number 154 Surah Al-Kahf Ayah number 60 to 82 Now inshallah we will learn about the story of Musa alayhi salam which takes us to the third test that many experience in their life and what is that? The test of knowledge Ubay ibn Karab he narrated that the Prophet ﷺ, he said, that Musa ﷺ got up once to deliver a speech before the children of Israel. So one day, Musa ﷺ got up and he was addressing the Bani Israel. And he was asked by one of the Bani Israel, that who is the most learned person amongst the people? Who is the most knowledgeable one amongst people on the earth? Musa ﷺ replied, I am. Why did he say that? Because he really thought that he was the most knowledgeable. Why? Because he was the prophet of Allah. He was given prophethood. The messenger would come to him, the angel would come to him and deliver him some news, which was not given to every other person. So it wasn't that he was assuming arrogance. It wasn't that he was being very proud of himself. It was really because he thought himself to be the most knowledgeable amongst the people of the earth. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rebuked him because he did not refer the knowledge to Allah. He didn't say, Allahu a'lam, Allah knows better. But rather he said, I am. Because remember that, وَفَوْقَ كُلِّ ذِي عِلْمٍ عَلِيمٍ Above every knowledgeable person is one who knows more. So even if a person is extremely knowledgeable when it comes to religion, it's possible that there is another person who knows more than him when it comes to some other science. Now he is not greater than him in knowledge. He may be greater in one aspect, but not in every aspect. So Allah did not like this. That he said, I am the most knowledgeable. Instead he should have said, Allahu A'lam. So what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to him that at the junction of the two seas, the place where the two seas meet, there is a servant of ours who is more learned than you. He has more knowledge than you. So Musa alayhi salam, he asked, Oh my Lord, how can I meet him? What does that show? Musa alayhi salam's desire to learn, to know more. Immediately he said, how can I meet him? He didn't say, how does he know more? I'm supposed to be the prophet. Is he also a prophet? No. He said, how can I meet him? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, take a fish and put it in a vessel, and then set out. And where you lose the fish, you will find him. The place where you lose the fish, that is the place where you will find the servant of ours. So Musa salam, he took a fish, he put it in a vessel, and he set out. And he left along with his boy servant, Yusha ibn Nun. Now this hadith, it continues. Inshallah, I will mention parts of it to you as we move along, as we go along the story. Okay? But right now, this much is sufficient. So we see that Musa salam, he left his people in order to go meet Khadr, in order to know that who is this person who is more knowledgeable than me. And why did he want to know more about him? Because he wanted to learn from him. And out of his desire to learn more, he set out on this journey. And when he set out on this journey, he said, وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِفَتَاهُ 
And when Musa said to his servant, what did he say? لا أبرحو I will not cease traveling. I'm not going to stop this journey of mine. حتى أبلغ مجمع البحرين until I reach the junction of the two seas أو أمضي حقبا or I continue for a long period of time. إذ قال موسى when Musa said he said to who? لفتاه who is a fata? As you know that fata is a young man, a youth. And the word is also used for a servant. Why? Because best servants are those who are young in their age. And in particular, fata is used for someone who is in their late teens. And it is said that the word fata can be used up until the person is 25 years of age and according to others until even 30 years of age. Because until then, he is still young. He is still youthful. And after 30, then a person becomes older. So, وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِفَتَاهُ Now, who was this fata of Musa a.s.? This was Yusha' ibn Nun. And he was of the descendants of Yusuf a.s. And Yusha' ibn Nun, he used to follow him, meaning he was his follower. Obviously, he was a believer. And he was also a servant of Musa a.s. That he used to serve Musa a.s. Generally we think that somebody would serve another when they have been employed as a servant. When they are given a wage, they are poor, they cannot afford themselves. So the only work that they can find is serving someone and by serving them they make some money. However, this concept is something that is new. Because before, and in fact even today, there are people who serve others not just to get some material benefits in return. But they serve others because of their superiority above them. In order to show gratitude for what they have done. So we see that Yushar ibn Nun, he was a believer in Musa salam and he served him. Why? Because Musa salam was not only a messenger, but he was also his teacher. So Yushar ibn Nun was also his student. And this is why he used to serve him. And because of the fact that he used to serve Musa he had the privilege of traveling with Musa He had the privilege of being in the company of Musa Notice, Musa did not take the entire Bani Israel with him on this trip. Nor did he take some other people. Who did he take with him? His Fatah, Yushar ibn Nun. Why? Because he was his student, he was his follower, and he also used to serve him. So when you serve someone, you have the opportunity to spend more time with them. And especially if it's someone who is more knowledgeable, if it's the imam, the shaykh, then you have the opportunity to learn much more. So وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِفَتَاهُ What did he say to him? That لَا أَبْرَحُ I'm not going to cease. I'm not going to stop. أَبْرَحُ is from the root letters بَرَحَ And بَرِحَ is to move from a place it is to leave, to depart. Barihal makan, or minal makan, it is to leave a place. And from this, the word bariha is also used for stopping something, to stop doing something, to cease. When a person leaves a place, he stops living over there. He ceases to remain over there. And when the word is preceded by la, by a negative, then what does it mean? That I will always do this. I will continue to do this. 
I will do this endlessly. I will never stop. So he says, لا أبرح, I will not cease. I will continue to go. Meaning, I will not stop this journey of mine. حتى until أبلغ, I reach مجمع البحريني The junction of the two seas. مجمع is from the root letters جيم ميم عين And جمع is to gather. And مجمع is the place of gathering. It's the place of union. So مجمع البحريني The place where the two seas meet. The junction of the two seas. Now what are these two seas? It is said that it refers to the Bahru al-Ahmar and the Bahru al-Abiyad. The Red Sea and the Mediterranean Sea. And why did he say, I will not stop my journey until I reach that destination? Because that was the place where they were to meet Khadr. Aw or, Amdiya, I will continue. I will continue. I will proceed. I will continue my journey. Hukuban for a long period. Meaning, either I'm going to make sure that I get to my destination and find my teacher. And if I'm not going to find, then I'm not going to stop. I'm going to continue my journey. I will do whatever it takes to get to my destination to meet this teacher of mine. Even if it means I have to spend many, many years in traveling. The word amdiya is from the root letters, meem ghadiya. Mada yamli, which means to continue. And from the same root is the word maldi, which is past tense. Because whatever has happened has continued into the past. And hukuban is the plural of hukbah. Hukbatun. And hukbah is a long period of time. It is said that hukbah is used for a very long period of time that is unspecified. Like it's not exactly 50 years. It's not exactly 75 years. It's an unspecified period of time, but it is extremely long. Some say it is 70 or 80 years. And others say even longer, a century. So look at Musa salam. what does he say? I am not going to stop until I reach the junction of the two seas. And if I don't get there, I am going to still continue to travel, even if it takes hundreds of years for me. I am going to continue my journey. I'm not going to stop until I meet Khadr so that I can learn from him. Now we learn from this ayah many lessons, many, many lessons about the etiquette of seeking knowledge. And what are they? That first of all, first of all, the desire and the yearning to learn even if a person knows the desire to learn more, to increase in one's knowledge, even if a person knows a lot already. This desire must be a burning desire in the heart of a student of knowledge. Because the moment he thinks that I know enough, I don't need to learn anymore, that's it. It's going to stop his journey. He's not going to continue anymore. A person must have this desire. That no matter how much he has learned, he must realize that he is still ignorant of many things and he still needs to learn more. We see that Musa was a prophet of Allah. And when he was informed that there was someone who knows more than him, he didn't say, okay, he has his knowledge, I have my knowledge, good. No, he said, I want to know, I want to learn more. 
Similarly, we see that Musa salam was a leader. He had a very important responsibility on his head. He must have been an extremely busy man. Because imagine the kind of people that Bani Israel were. He was someone very busy. But still we see that he made time in order to learn more. He could have said, you know, I'm a prophet, I'm busy here. Allah, why don't you send Khadr over here so that I can learn from him? No. He said, I'm going to go. So first of all, we see about the desire to continue learning even if a person knows. And until a person has this desire, he is going to continue to learn more. And the moment he does not have this desire anymore, even if the opportunities are right before him, he will not be able to learn. He will not be able to continue in his learning. And as I mentioned to you earlier, the statement of Ibn Mas'ud anhu. Remember what he said about the Qur'an? That there is no ayah of the book of Allah except that I know where it was revealed, concerning who and what time, whether it was revealed at night or during the day when the Prophet was traveling or at home. And if I know that somebody knows more than me, I would go to him. He knew so much, but still he had the desire to learn more. And we must also have this desire. That even if we have studied the Qur'an, even if we know the translation, there should be more desire to learn the tafsir, to learn the ulum al-Qur'an, to learn more about the Qur'an, to learn about hadith. There's so many things to learn, so many things. It's like it's unlimited amount of knowledge out there. Secondly, we also learn about the importance of ar-rihla fi talab al-ilm. Traveling in order to seek knowledge. As mentioned earlier, Musa salam did not say, Khadr should be sent to me. That another book should be given to me, containing the knowledge that Khadr was given. But what did he do? He traveled in order to go and meet Khadr. And we see that even the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, who had studied under the Prophet ﷺ, even they would travel for months sometimes in order to learn only about one more hadith, one more narration. And we see that the muhaddisin, those who collected the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, they traveled extensively in order to acquire knowledge, in order to authenticate whatever they had learned, whatever they had memorized. And this is why we have books and books with regards to ar-rihla fi talab al-ilm that how the people of the past they used to travel so much in order to learn knowledge. So if a person is doing the same thing that he has had to leave his home, he has had to leave his house and he has had to go to another country, to another city, living in somebody else's house instead of pitying himself, what should he think? I am doing what Musa salam did. I am following his sunnah. I am following the sunnah of the righteous. And this is one of the paths to acquiring more knowledge. Thirdly, we also learn about determination. That the student of knowledge must not give up. He must never give up. Look at the determination of Musa salam. What does he say? I'm not going to stop until I get there. Even if it takes centuries, he is so determined. So do not give up until you have found. Do not give up until you have learned, until you have discovered, until you have mastered. Because sometimes what happens? We start something, we find it a bit difficult, we're like, you know, it's okay, forget about it. Maybe I'll do it some other time. It's getting too difficult for me. No, Musa salam is so determined. He says, أَوْ أَمْضِيَ Even if it takes hundreds of years, I will go. 
So complete the journey of knowledge Even if it is a year and a half Don't leave before that Complete the whole schedule The entire day Even if it is from 9 to 3 Don't leave 5 minutes early Don't leave 10 minutes early Don't leave an hour early Be determined Once you have started Complete what you have started Have some courage Then we also learn That a person must never tire Of the length of the journey of knowledge He must never tire Of the length of the journey of knowledge That sometimes it may take Years in order to do something That for example If you want to memorize Some part of the Quran You start memorization You have very high hopes You know you calculate in your head Each day I'm going to memorize One page, half a page And within some time Within a year I will have the entire Quran memorized That's your goal But once you start You realize Oh it's going to take me Much longer than that And you're like Okay forget about it No Don't leave it Never tire Of the length of the journey It's possible sometimes You open up your Grammar book And you want to do the exercise You start And you look at the time You've been sitting there For 20 minutes With only two words That you have done Don't give up over there It's only 20 minutes It's not Hundreds of years Musa salam said I will spend centuries But I will not stop So therefore never tire Of the length of the journey of knowledge Also A very important lesson That we learned from here Is that Yushar ibn Nun He was accompanying His teacher Musa salam And this shows that A student Can accompany his teacher In order to serve him In order to learn from him And in fact he should Because in the company of the teacher There is much to learn when the relationship is only limited to the classroom Then what happens? There is only what the teacher has said and that's it But in casual conversation In questions and answers One-on-one discussion A person ends up learning much more He ends up clarifying many more things So the relationship between a student and teacher Should be beyond the lecture as well Beyond the classroom as well so whenever you have a question Whenever you have something that you don't fully understand Always come and ask Don't just say Oh it wasn't mentioned in the class So forget about it No Always come and ask There are so many people who stand here And they're just uh, listening to the conversations that are going on If I ask them do you have a question They say No I don't have a question I'm just listening Because this is very true When you're in the company of people who are discussing something Then you end up learning a lot So make sure that you stay in the company of such people as well. Now the hadith, it continues that Musa salam, he took a fish, as I mentioned to you, he put it in a vessel and he set out along with his boy servant Yushar ibn Nun until they reached a rock on which they both lay down their heads and they slept. Because obviously they had been traveling for so long, so they got to a particular point where they took some rest. So the fish, it moved vigorously in the vessel and it got out of it and it fell into the sea and when it fell into the sea it took its way through the sea straight as in a tunnel as it got into the sea what happened? it began swimming and as it was swimming it made its way in a form of a tunnel how was that possible? the Prophet ﷺ said Allah stopped the flow of water on both sides of the way created by the fish and so that way was like a tunnel. Now Yushar ibn Nun, he saw all of this because he was awake. So when Musa alayhi salam got up, Yushar, he 
he forgot to tell him about the fish. And so they carried on their journey during the rest of the day and the whole night. So they traveled one more day and one more night. And the next morning, Musa salam said to his boy servant, Bring us our morning meal. Truly we have suffered much fatigue in this, our journey. Musa salam did not get tired till he had passed the place that Allah had ordered him to look for. Now his servant, he said to him then, Do you remember when we took rest at that rock? I forgot the fish over there. I forgot to mention it to you. And none but shaitan made me forget to remember it. It took its course into the sea in a strange way. And there was a tunnel for the fish and Musa salam and his boy servant were amazed. So Musa salam said, that is what we have been seeking. So they went back retracing their footsteps. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَمَّا بَلَغَ Then when both of them reached, Musa and his fata, at what destination? مَجْمَعَ بَيْنِهِمَا The junction of the two seas. When they reached that point, نَسِيَ حُوتَهُمَا They forgot their fish. Who? Musa and Yusha. Both of them, they forgot the fish. But we see that what happened actually. Musa salam was sleeping and Yusha, he saw the fish going away. But because Musa salam was sleeping, he didn't wake him up at that time. And later on, Yusha forgot. But it has been said, Nasiya, both of them forgot. Why both? Because when two or more people are in the same state, when they are involved in doing something together, even if one person does something, the action is attributed to all of them. And this is the reason why we have learned in the Qur'an with regards to the Bani Israel, that those Bani Israel at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, they weren't the ones who demanded certain things from Musa ﷺ. But what was said? is قُلْتُمْ When you said. Whereas in reality, who said that? It was their forefathers. But the Bani Israel at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, they were told that you said why? Because they belong to the same group. They were their descendants. So, nasiya hutahuma. And this forgetfulness was not that they left their fish over there and they forgot it, but it was that they forgot to check on it. Musa forgot to check on the fish. That did it leave or not. And Yusha, he forgot to tell Musa as to what exactly happened. And this fish, as you know, was a sign for Musa that when the fish leaves, that is where they will find Khadr. فَاتَّخَذَ سَبِيلَهُ So it took its course. فِي الْبَحْرِ In the sea. The fish, it took its course into the sea. Saraba Slipping away in a tunnel. Sarab is from the root letter seen Raba. We have done the word Sarib. وَسَارِبٌ بِالنَّهَارِ And Sarab is basically used for a tunnel. But what kind of a tunnel? That only has one mouth. Remember? For Nifaq, Nafaq. That is a tunnel that has two mouths to it. But this is a tunnel that has only one mouth. You enter into it, and in order to leave, you have to go backwards. You can't go forward. And the word is also used for the tunnel, the hole of a snake, for example. It is said, In sarabatil hayyatu ila juhriha. The snake, it went down its hole. It went into its hole. So, فَاتَّخَذَ سَبِيلَهُ فِي الْبَحْرِ sarba. What does it mean by this? That the fish, it swam through the water, tearing it up. And as the fish was swimming, what happened? As it slipped away, the water did not fill up the space behind it. Do you understand? As it swam through the water, the water did not fill up the space 
that it was leaving behind it. You can imagine, like when a hole is made into a wall. When you're drilling a hole into a wall, what happens? As you push the drill forward, the, a hole is made. And nothing fills the gap behind it. Similarly, as the fish swam through the water, the water did not fill up the space behind it. So this way, there was a tunnel. Now this fish was of the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How was it a sign? That first of all, as it swam, it swam in a very amazing way, making a tunnel. Whereas generally this does not happen. And secondly, it is also said that this fish was actually dead. And Musa salam and his boy servant, Yusha, both of them, they would eat of this fish. They would eat of it. It was their food as well. But it was one of the, you can say, miracles, or one of the big signs that when Musa salam reached a particular destination, the fish came to life, and it jumped out of the bucket, out of the vessel, out of the basket, whatever the container it was, and it swam away into the water. Now as I mentioned to you, Yusha, he saw this because he was awake and Musa was sleeping. What do we learn? That Yusha, he did not wake Musa at that time. Imagine you see something like that. And you have been told that this is what we're waiting for. As soon as this happens, we have reached our destination. Yusha, look at him. He's so calm. He's so respectful. He doesn't get overexcited and say, Musa alayhi salam, wake up, wake up. See the fish going. You're going to miss it. No, he doesn't say anything like that. And especially if it was dead and it comes to life and it jumps out of the vessel and enters into the water and swims away in a very strange way, nobody would remain silent at that time. Now we see why Musa alayhi salam selected him. Why he gave him that opportunity. Because he had wisdom. He had some sense. He was wise. He was respectful. Now, they forgot the fish. But there is a big lesson that can be learned from it. What? Think about it. Musa was sleeping. And at that time, the fish left. And he missed the fish. Nasiya. He missed the fish. And when he got up, he didn't check the fish. And then they continued the journey for one day and one night. What do we learn from this? If you look at it, sometimes, I'm not saying sleeping is wrong. Musa he was taking rest. Obviously, there was a long journey. But sometimes, due to sleep, what happens? We miss out on some very important connections, some very important concepts, which make the rest of the journey very difficult. Because we miss that point, what happened? The rest of the journey became very difficult. Sometimes it happens that we miss one lesson, one lesson only, five minutes only, and we have no idea as to what's going on, for the next half an hour. And the mothers, all of them are nodding their heads. Because many times they end up missing five minutes, two minutes here because they're attending their baby. And what happens? They end up missing that connection. Now they have a genuine reason. But those of us who don't have a genuine reason, we have no excuse for missing the class even for five minutes. Because you never know what you miss may be extremely important. And sometimes it happens that we only give importance to certain subjects and not to other subjects. Whereas the fact is that all of them are connected. Many times I've seen that people don't pay much attention to recitation class. This is very typical. Why is it that it takes extremely long for us to memorize our lesson? 
Why? Because our recitation is not that great. If we spend time improving our recitation, would that not speed up our learning? Would that not enhance it? Would that not improve it? Of course it would. So we miss out on one thing, one little thing. And it could cause such a loss to us. That we could struggle for so long and that struggle could be avoided if we had taken advantage of one moment. If we had paid attention to just one thing. Many times it happens that people who have not memorized the Qur'an But because they have read it over and over again, they're so familiar with the Qur'an that you mention only one part of the ayah and they can complete the ayah for you. Why? Because they have spent so much time reading the Qur'an, studying the Qur'an. So this is something that we also need to focus on. Don't lose out on anything because you never know how important it may be. فَلَمَّا جَاوَزَ So when they had passed, جَاوَزَ from the root letters, جِيم وَاو زَي جَوَاز and jawaza yujawizu is to cross a particular point to go beyond a set point. So when they cross the meeting point, the junction of the two seas, where the fish left and where they were supposed to meet Khadr, قَالَ لِفَتَاهُ Musa السلام, said to his servant, Atina, bring us غَدَاءَنَا our morning meal. غَدَاء is from the root letters, غَيْنْدَ الْوَاو And غَدَاء is the morning meal, it's the food that is eaten at the time of غَدَات. What is ghadat? Morning. Bil ghadati wal ashiyi. Ghadat is morning, right? So ghada is the food, the meal that is taken early in the morning. Now tell me, what is the time of ghadat? Between fajr and sunrise. Between fajr and sunrise. That is the time of ghadat. And that is the time for breakfast. Okay? That is the time for breakfast. Recently somebody was telling me, that they went to this, uh, you can say like a naturopathic doctor, Hakim. They went to them for a particular treatment. And he said that I'm not going to treat you until and unless you fix your meals. And he said not just what you eat, but also the time that you eat. He said you have to have your breakfast before sunrise. He said even if it's just one sip of honey, or a few dates. You have to have something at that time. Because what goes in your body at that time, it is most beneficial. And your body needs something desperately at that time. Think about it. You get it for Fajr. You're praying, right? And your mind is whizzing with so many things that you have to do. If you don't put something in your body, how are you going to continue? How are you going to have some energy? So he said, bring us our morning meal. لَقَدْ لَقِينَا Certainly we have met مِنْ سَفَرِنَا From our journey, هَذَا this نَصَبَ Much fatigue. Now he says, this journey of ours. What does it mean by this journey? Meaning this part of the journey. And he's referring to the part of the journey which they started from the junction of the two seas. He's not referring to the entire journey. But the journey that they took after taking a break at the junction of the two seas. So he says, this part of the journey, it has been extremely exhausting. We have suffered from a lot of fatigue. So let's stop and take a break have some food and then we'll continue now this was from the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Musa salam got tired at this point because just imagine if he didn't get tired what would happen he was determined he was going to go on for hundreds of years he wasn't going to stop so this is of the gifts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he made him tired so that he would stop 
there is a hadith in Sahihain in which it is mentioned that Musa salam did not get tired until he had passed the place that Allah had ordered him to look for. So until the junction of the two seas, the journey was easy. And after that, it became difficult. Now, there was a wisdom behind this fatigue. As I mentioned to you, that first of all, he was determined to continue. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him tired so that he would stop and he would realize and then they would return. And in particular, he became hungry. He said, Atina ghada'ana. And he asked for food. If he hadn't asked for food, how would they know that the fish was not there with them anymore? How would Yusha remember? He would not remember. So this was a gift from Allah. And we also see that due to the fatigue, he took a break and he also asked for food. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He helps His servants sometimes by making them tired. And sometimes by making them sick. Because if we did not suffer from fatigue, if we did not suffer from exhaustion, if we did not suffer from sickness, then what would happen? We would continue until at one moment we would just collapse and we would not be able to get up. So if a person ever does become sick, that he's not able to do what he used to do, his head is hurting, he's extremely sleepy, he's not able to continue with his work, then it's a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now it does not mean that if you're just feeling a little bit sleepy, you say, see, Allah is blessing me with this gift, this, that means I shouldn't be studying. And you tell your group in charge tomorrow that, oh, I was just tired and Allah gave me that fatigue. No. We're talking about such exhaustion. After that, you cannot continue. That Musa alayhi salam, he could not continue his journey. He became extremely hungry. And we also see that when a person gets exhausted and when a person gets extremely tired in doing something, then it's possible that it's a sign that perhaps you need to change your strategy. Perhaps you need to change your style a little bit. Because if you're exhausting yourself to the point that you cannot stay awake anymore, to the point that you're falling down because you have your juice open, what does it mean? You need to change your strategy a little bit. It doesn't mean you need to stop. You need to discontinue what you're doing. You need to do something to bring about a change so that you can be more effective. Because it's not natural for a person to be exhausting himself all the time. Like for example... If you don't take a nap during the day, let's say, and you do your work right before going to bed, will you be able to do it? No. You'll have your juice open and your head will be dropping every few minutes. Now at that moment, instead of thinking that perhaps this is not meant for me, I shouldn't be doing the course, think about how you can change your routine so that it takes less of a toll on your body and you can also be more effective in your work. So think of ways to improve your effectiveness. Once you've made up your mind that this is something that I have to do, I don't have a choice with regards to this, then Allah will give you the ability. He will give you the ability. I'll just mention a personal experience with you just so that you can take a lesson. That on Monday when I came, I actually had food poisoning the night before and I was throwing up in the morning until 10 o'clock. And which is why I asked Sister Atika to move the class later during the day. And I did not know if I would throw up during the class or what, but Alhamdulillah, we sat through the entire class. I was sipping on my Gatorade, but Alhamdulillah, I was able to do it. So yes, fatigue, exhaustion, tiredness, sickness, this is a part of life. But once you've made up your mind that you have to do something, وَرَبَطْنَا عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ Allah will give you this determination in your heart
that you will be able to do it. And if you just sit with your sickness, oh my God, I can't do it, I'm so tired, then you will mentally make yourself more sick. So sometimes push yourself a bit more and put an effort, inshallah you will be able to do it. However, if it's something that is exhausting you to the point that you cannot do anything, then change your strategy a little bit. Now, for example, instead of taking the whole day off, or instead of showing up at 10.30, what did I do? I changed the strategy. I said, can I please do my class later during the day? So don't miss out on what is important. Don't miss out. There's a difference between fatigue and you can say letharginess or laziness. Okay, there's a big difference. That at one point you can push yourself forward, you can do it. And at other points, at other times, you are really exhausted, you can't keep your eyes open, you cannot even sit straight. Then at that point, be merciful on yourself, because this religion is easy. 